Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. It's the place where your spirit is fed, your faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Praise God. It's the will of God. All this week, we've been talking about Abraham's amazing faith. So let's get right back into it. Let's uh, pray and release faith. And for all of you that joined us uh, just today, there's a lot we've already covered. So let me recommend you go back and uh, catch up on the previous lessons. And uh, we have seen that the very same kind of faith that's in Abraham, amazing faith, is in us too. And all we got to do is obey and walk it out and it'll develop and see amazing things just like he did too. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, asking for answers and direction. Thank you for what you've already shown us. And show us further what real faith is, that we may have a faith unfeigned, no pretend, no just religious idea of men, but that living trust between us and you personally to draw near to you and to walk close with you like these men and women did that we're reading about. For you never change and our opportunity is the same as theirs. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me in our great textbook to Hebrews 10 verse 38. 1038 of Hebrews says, Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Like we've said, defining the words, you could also say faith is the confidence of what is expected. Faith is the conviction of what is not seen. He said, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. God praised their faith, commended them for their faith. Verse 6 says, because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And we see that though after He gave the definition in verse 1, He gives example after example of individuals who did specific things that showed the God kind of faith. And we see an action with every one of these. James said, faith without an action is dead. By faith, Abel offered a sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked with God and was translated. By faith, Noah prepared the ark to the saving of his house. And we've gotten all this week and the previous week to Abraham. And uh, have you been stirred up talking about Abraham's faith? I, man, I'm stirred up about it. It's, it is, I keep using the word amazing, and I believe it is. It's amazing faith. And it's the same thing we got in us. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. Everybody say obeyed. obeyed. One of the biggest ways Abraham's faith was shown was in his immediate and complete, unquestioning obedience. Why did he obey God 
and leave his family? Why did he travel all over the place there, living in tents, looking for, doing that year after year, looking for what God had prepared? He just obeyed. Why did he circumcise all the men in his house the same day God told him to do it? Why did he offer up the son it took him decades to get when God asked for it without delay? Because he obviously trusted God. If the Lord told him to do it, he concluded, even when he didn't understand, that God must have some good reasons for telling me to do this. Right? He, you know, I was, some years ago, I was, and this was, you know, a lot of years ago, I was sitting at an a intersection waiting for the signal light to change, and this thought came to me, and it just blessed me so much. God is smarter than me. <laughs> Every time I say that, people laugh. And if you'd asked me the day before, well, Keith, do you think God is smarter than you? Yes, yes. But how many know you can realize things more? Light can come. And as what I mean by that is I realized he made me. He knows more, way more about me than I know about me. He knows what I'm graced to do, what I'm not graced to do, way more than I do. He knows about graces and abilities I hadn't found out about yet, right? Yeah. Or how much more this can be developed than, than what I know. And so I, I was reminded of the phrase that the Lord said, it actually was prophesied, and then Jesus also said it over himself, I delight to do thy will, O God. And you say that by faith. Even when Jesus faced the cross and he faced uh, the, the whipping and the scourging and the crucifixion and, and worse than that, the, the three days and nights in the heart of the earth, he said, Father, all things are possible with you. And if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He was saying, if there's any other way, I don't want to take it. And if anybody that knew what it was wouldn't want to take it. But yet he comes back to this. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It, it, submitting our will to his will is a choice. And it's an act of faith, an act of trust, that if he says, even though so much about you may not want to do that, if he says do it, you're saying, you're smarter than me. Right? Yes. You know better than me. And if you say do it, here we go. And I can even say, by faith, I delight to do your will. When part of me is screaming, I don't want to do it. He said, shut up. I delight to do your will, O God. But see, why would you do that? It's because of faith. You trust him. You trust him. And so if, he, if you got this plan, I always wanted to do this. And the Lord says, I don't want you to do that. You can just by faith say, right. Exactly. You don't like it? No, I don't like it. And your head's going, I do like it. You say, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> or the Lord says, I want you to do this. And you say, well, I, I never thought I'd do that. That's, that's not my thing. He says, if I say it's your thing, it's your thing. Do it. Then you go, right. You're right. Somebody say, he's right. He's right. All the time. All the time. About, everything. About everything. Set by faith. I delight, I delight. To, do to do your will, O God. O God. So the Bible said, verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, his heart was tried, his faith was tried. 
he offered up Isaac. Now, um, go back to Genesis again, chapter uh, 22, and we see the language that was used here, that he was tried, Abraham was tried, when the Lord told him to take his son, his only son Isaac, whom you love, get you to the land of Mount Moriah and offer him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. What was being tried? Like we've said, this word also is translated prove, to, to test, to prove for the purpose of being approved, passing the test. You know, how many of you uh, made it out of uh, uh, elementary school or, or junior high or, or high school or, or, or junior college or college or, or beyond that. Why? How, how did you pass? How did you get out? How did you graduate? You passed tests, right? And the tests were not an evil arrayed against you. <laughs> the tests were not an evil trying to destroy you. There had to be, uh, you know, let's say you're going to school to be a doctor. Well, uh, before, or surgeon, or whatever, before they turn you loose on the public, <laughs> prescribing medications, using surgery instruments on real bodies, living bodies, we need to have some indication that you know something Right? <laughs> and that you are able to do certain procedures. How is that demonstrated? How is that proven? Through trials, tests, right? And yet when we're in church, we hear the word test or trial. Oh, you know, that's, that's an oppression. No. <laughs> no, we need some mind renewal here. And... Uh, the Bible, listen to some of these others, you see, verses in, in the Old Testament. You see the purposes of God in allowing these things. Exodus 16, when he gave his people manna, Exodus 16, 4 said, The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to raid bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a certain raid every day that I may prove them whether they'll walk in my law or no. He gave them specific instructions, only gather it like this, and, only, and don't keep it, don't save it. Well, how did they do? Anybody remember? They failed test after test. They wouldn't do what he told them. He said, don't save it. What'd they do? They saved it, and it started stinking. And then on the Sabbath day, he said, now don't go out together today. What'd they do? They went out together. Now people say, well, you know, that's, they, they weren't paying attention. No, this is serious. Amen. This is not because they didn't know better. Why did they save it when the Lord told them not to save it? Afraid they, that God may not provide tomorrow. We have to save this. Come on, can you see that? And the same thing on the Sabbath day. Why, you know, he said, I'm going to give you twice on the day before, and don't go out. Well, they went out anyway, just rebellious. And what, what many times folks have not seen is rebellion is the fruit of unbelief, lack of faith. 
Why would people, and, and, and it's attached to fear. When people get stiff-necked and go, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. A lot of times it's because they're afraid. And they have to take it into their own hands. It all comes back to not trusting. And the, the reason the Lord did this about this don't save it, don't go out on the Sabbath, specific instructions, it wasn't just to annoy them. wasn't just to be legalistic. He said, it's going to be an opportunity to see if they'll listen to me or not, to see if they'll trust me or not. You see that repeatedly. Um, the 40 years that they wandered around, he said in Deuteronomy 8 too, he said uh, uh, they, some of those things happened, he said, to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And verse 16, he said he fed you in, in the wilderness with manna uh, that he might prove you to do you good in your latter end. Do you see God's purpose in the proving? Yes. He wants to demonstrate to all the devils, yes. <laughs> to all the angels, to all the patriarchs that you, that I are not just all talk and hot air. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me? That when he tells us to do something, we will do it. Amen. He tells us to give, to sacrifice, to turn loose, to obey, to step out like Abraham. We'll say, sir, yes, sir. Here we go. Hallelujah. The only way for that to really be demonstrated is to have an opportunity. Hmm? An opportunity to pass a test. What's the test? Whether you'll trust or not, Amen. whether you'll obey or not, that's what the test is. Does anybody have to disobey? No. no. Does anybody have to doubt God? No. So everybody could pass the test. Yes. Hmm? It's not a test that's just too hard for some folks to pass. Everybody can. It's a choice that you overcome your fear, you overcome your lack of understanding, your hesitation, all of those things, and you say, well, God's smarter than me. Amen. <laughs> He's smarter than me. And if he says do this, here we go. Here we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you do that, you just came into some illustrious company. Hallelujah. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and you. Somebody say, whoo, glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Deuteronomy 13, 3 talks about a similar situation. It says, the Lord God proves you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And like we said in Deuteronomy 8, 16, he said that he, he proves you that he may do you good in your latter end. He wants you to pass a test and in him promote you. Hallelujah. And then you pass a bigger test and what happens? He promotes you on, on further. Hallelujah. And he adds more to you and he does things for you that are not happening for everybody because you're willing to go further. Can you say amen? amen? So back to Genesis 22, when the Lord told him that, verse 2, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. <laughs> Did God know 
how much this boy meant to him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want you to see if any of this language sounds familiar to you. Anybody remember John 3.16? Yes. Hmm? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. He gave what? His only begotten son. Does God know what this, what's going on here with Abraham? This is covenant. He kept telling Abraham, my covenant is with you. You and I are in covenant. Covenant has to do with complete commitment. One person to another person. It's not a one-sided deal. And so this is prophetic. This is amazing. God had every right then, millennia later, to give his son for man because these are the seed of Abraham because his friend long ago was willing to give his only son to him. Can you see that, friend? Oh, this is, it doesn't get any bigger than this. This, this is big. This is redemption. And way back those thousands of years ago, the Lord knew he'd or believed he had found a man and knew he had found a man that was willing to go as far for him as he was for mankind. And that's why I asked him for Isaac. And I want you to see, verse 3, what happened. And Abraham prayed about it <laughs> for 40 days. Uh-uh. <laughs> Huh? And Abraham asked Sarah what she thought. <laughs> I think that's one reason he got up real early. <laughs> now you're laughing, but what mama's going to agree to this? You know, you're not saying that she couldn't have, but <laughs> he got up early. And he saddled the donkey and he took two young men and Isaac and got the wood, went to the place. On the third day, he saw the place. You know, again and again, you'll see this. God didn't, God, and this was before the days of GPS. <laughs> God didn't give him a lat long <laughs> or an address. <laughs> he said, you go and I'll show you. Well, he's, that's how he's been living his whole life. Right? Head that way. And I'll show you. Reckon we're still supposed to live that way today. You're right. Start out that way and I'll show you. And did he know it when he saw it? Yes. Uh, he, did, he didn't see it the first day. He didn't see it the second day. On the third day, he looked over and he thought, that's it. That's the spot. And so he told the young men. Now, now listen, here's a faith statement. Verse five. He said, you stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come back to you again. Both of us are coming back. We're coming back. Now you, you'll see later that that's exactly what he said to them and meant because he had already concluded in his heart that if he, if when he offered up this boy to God, God was going to have to raise him from the dead. Because God had told him not too long ago. Do you remember the situation when uh, Isaac 
was weaned, they had a party. And uh, Hagar's son, Ishmael, was mocking Isaac and uh, made Sarah mad. And she said, you got to send them away. And Abram didn't want to do it. Abraham didn't want to do it. And God had to tell him, no, you need to do it. And he said, because in Isaac will be your descendants. God told him, in Isaac, your seed will be called. It'll be in Isaac. And so when God told him to offer up Isaac as a burnt offering, then the thought would have come, well, that's never going to come to pass. But then he, he had to come back and say, yeah, but God said. <laughs> come on, can you see this? In fact, in Hebrews, it says he accounted that God was able to raise him from the dead. It says it right there in Hebrews 11. He, he accounted, he reckoned that God's going to have to raise the boy up. It's the only thing I can see. <laughs> right? Because if he dies on that altar and that's the end, he's not going to have any children. And they're not going to have any children. And God said that the children would come through him. So not only, oh, this is amazing. Not only is Abraham willing, like God, to offer his only son to his covenant partner, he's believing for the resurrection. He's believing for resurrection. Before there was a church, before there was a Bible, before there were Ten Commandments. Why? Because God had told him in Isaac. How many think we need to remember everything God tells us? Is that right? And we need to hold on to it because it'll help us in situations where we don't understand it. We'll say, yeah, but he said this. So this can't happen. This can't be the end of this because he said this. Right? You know, Paul, when he was a, a prisoner on the ship in a typhoon, the angel reminded him, you can't die out here. You got an appointment in Rome. God told you, you're going to preach to kings and Gentiles. And so he realized, I don't care how bad the storm is out here. I can't die out here. And even when they landed on that island and he got snake bit, he just shook it off because he thought, I can't die out here. I got an appointment. Come on, can you see? Man, when God tells you something, it's an anchor to your emotions, to your soul. And you can just, you can just hold on to it. No matter what's going on, saying, well, I, I can't go down out here. God said this was going to happen. God said I was going to be a part of this. God said he's going to do this. And so that's why Abraham reconciled in himself, I can do this. I have to do this. And God has to raise this boy up. Is that right? He said, I, I'm going to see a miracle up here today. That's what he concluded. And so he, he, he went on up the hill and his son asked him, he said, Father, here's the wood, here's the fire, but you know, where's the sacrifice? And verse 8, Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Everybody say, God will provide. Man, that's faith. This is something, he's expecting something that he has no reason for in the natural. He's looking for something he can't see. And so when he went to do it, he stretched forth his hand, verse 10, to take the knife to slay his son. How many believe he is going to do this? Yes. He's not hesitating. And verse 11, the angel of the Lord called and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
He said, I'm here. He said, don't put your hand on the lad. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And he lifted up his eyes, and there was a ram caught in the thicket. And he led his boy off the altar, <laughs> and he put the ram up there. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. The Lord sees ahead. He provides the supply. It shall be seen what the Lord will do. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of heaven the second time. Now listen to this, friends. By myself have I sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Do you know some of that sand? That's you. Oh, come on. Some of that, one of those stars, that's you. That's me. We are the seed of Abraham. And verse 18, listen. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now that's Jesus and through us. Why? Read that last phrase to me. Why? 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 Because you have obeyed my voice. Oh, glory to God. What is faith? Faith is unquestioning, immediate, complete obedience. Hallelujah. Because you trust the one who told you. Say it out loud. I'll trust you. I will obey you. My faithful God. Hallelujah. That's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School. Friends, I've really enjoyed being with you all this week in faith school. If you have not gotten the previous lessons, we've done a number of weeks leading up to this. Go back and uh, take advantage of the ones uh, before it'll build you up and get you to this place. Uh, The reason we're able to do these things is because of our partners that support the ministry and faith and prayer and finances. And that's why we can bring these things at no charge. Let me remind you of what Jesus said about those willing to do this. He said, uh, uh, those that sacrifice and give, he said, for the gospel's sake and his in Mark 10, 29, they'll receive, he said, a hundredfold now in this time and in the world to come eternal life. Uh, We saw Abraham and how he was willing to give and how he was willing to even sacrifice. And, you know, the most important thing that's happening on the planet right now is the gospel being preached, people being saved, people coming to God. So if you want to, you can become a part of this. Everybody should be hooked and joined in good churches, good ministries. Find where you fit and get in there with both feet. And if the Lord prompts you to become a partner with us, we'll believe with you, pray over you, and you'll be a part of everywhere these messages go and the help that they receive. You'll receive, like he said, 30, 60, 100 fold now in this time and in the world to come eternal life. There's information on the screen if you want to get involved that way. And let me pray a quick prayer over you. In Jesus' name, Father, 
I pray and ask for resources for those that want to be a part of this, and I speak increase over them as they obey in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time in Faith School.